Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Hello, everyone around the world. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with them Monday, October 25th. The next few weeks will feature several key bouts in women's boxing. This coming Saturday, Chantel Cameron faces Mary McGee in a 140-pound title unification fight, which headlines a DAZN card in London. Also on Saturday, the long-awaited showdown between veterans Mariana Juarez, known as La Barbie, and Jackie Nava, known as La Princesa Azteca, takes place in Tijuana, Mexico. Multi-divisional champ Clarissa Shields, after having another MMA fight in PFL this week, is scheduled to return to the boxing ring December 11th in Birmingham in the UK on a show televised on Sky Sports Box Office. She will share this card with rival Savannah Marshall, potentially setting up another long-awaited showdown between these two next year. Our colleague and women's boxing historian Melissa Smith guided us through a discussion of these fights, women's boxing's brilliant fall, and the current state of women's boxing, including the fight to get these fights more TV and streaming coverage. All this is part of our in-depth coverage of the corrupt world of boxing and sports governance in general. But before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her, or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com, that's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double-End Bag, the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double-End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next 
generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content, that's at Patreon.com, slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent, no-holds-barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even mini-skirts at the new No-Holds-Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Redbubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. What's up, fight fans from around the globe? Welcome to the War Room. It's your fight goddess here, Chris Baldwin. Thank you for tuning in. Now, if you want to hear in-depth coverage on the corrupt world of boxing and sports governance in general, then you've tuned into the right channel. So smash that like button and subscribe to this channel. You can also visit us at warsports.com. That's W-A-A-R-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. That's war with a double A, folks, double A. And I'm here today with my co-host, women's boxing historian, Melissa Smith and award-winning sports journalist. We call him the conscience of combat sports, Mr. Eddie Goldman. What's up, team? How you guys doing today? How you doing? How's everybody All doing? Right. Uh, well, I'm fantastic. It's been a kick-ass weekend. I'm a little, uh, <clears throat> say, a little hungover from festivities. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be talking women's boxing this in this edition. This is a women's boxing plus edition. And uh, we're going to we, we've got a fight coming up this weekend. Right. Melissa Cameron versus McGee uh, Cameron is an MT, MTK fighter. We've been talking about them a lot on uh, this show. So, uh, Melissa, take it away, my friend. Sure. Well, you know, Shantan Cameron, who's 14 and 0 and the current WBC world title holder, will be taking on American Mary McGee who is 27 and three and the current IBF world titleist. Uh, Cameron had an active amateur career with a total of 65 bouts and a 47 and 18 record. She did not get to Rio in 2016, but, you know, she did fight in the, uh, um, in the amateurs up to and including the trials for those um, games. McGee, on the other hand, came up through the ranks as a pro fighter with a lot of tough scraps and her only losses to the likes of Holly Holm and Argentina's great um, fighter, Erica Farias. When Erica was more in her prime um, versus, you know, her recent losses against McCaskill. This should be a very good fight. You know, McGee has felt for a long time that she hasn't gotten the respect she deserves. So this is a very big platform for her. It will be shown on the zone. It is part of 
the first of two uniform, uh, sorry, unification bouts at the super lightweight uh, division, both of which will be shown on the zone and presumably the undisputed bout will be shown on the zone as well, although there is no date yet as to when that's going to occur. One would assume sometime in early 2020. Uh, you know, I'm going to add that women's boxing is well past the time when it should be thought of as an afterthought or a sideshow or a dang joke. With this generation's crop of very brilliant fighters of the likes of Clarissa Shields, who, by the way, is fighting in her second MMA fight Wednesday with PFL. And then you got Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, not to mention the women who will be competing over the next few weeks, you know, Cameron and, and, and McGee, who I just mentioned. Plus, you got two other, um, four, three other unification bouts happening. One more in the, in the super lightweight division between Callie Reese and um, her opponent, Jessica Camera. And then you've got in the super lightweight, in the junior lightweight division, You've got Terry Harper coming back into the ring after her uh, second time she broke her hand and still maintained her belts. And you've got, you know, the return of Michaela Mayer into the ring. So this is like some really serious stuff. Plus this weekend, we've got two of Mexican's greatest fighters, female fighters, Mariana Juarez, known as La Barbie, is fighting. Jackie, La Princesa, Azteca, Nava this Saturday. I mean, it, if you're in Mexico, this is bigger than a Pacquiao fight. You know, this is how the level of this is. It's something that should have been happening a long time ago and they've been really pushing for. So in, in terms of what we say, we say women's boxing is alive and very well indeed. Thank you. Uh -huh. But what will it take to push this sport into the 21st century, right? Sure. Showtime, Stephen Espinosa assured you, right, Chris? He said, right. oh, we're going to look forward to seeing female bouts on upcoming cards in 2022, but I'm sorry, where were they in 2021? Right. Truth right. is, we've heard it all before, and on today's show, we want to talk about this, the brilliant fall of women's boxing this fall, great, great opportunities, and, and what is going to happen into the future? What are we going to be seeing? Because it is time. It is past time. These women can box. I can tell you just two fights this weekend. Jessica Bopp um, at uh, junior, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, flyweight, junior flyweight, came back into the ring after a baby and just kicked butt in Argentina, kicked butt to retain her WBA title. Wow. And then you had two strawweight fighters out in Korea fighting for the WBO strawweight title. I'm telling you, you just find this fight on, on YouTube. They were amazing. They never stopped from the first sound on the first bell to the end of the 10th bell. So boxing is alive and well when women are, where women are concerned is all I got to say. Right. So who do you think, what do you think the biggest fight? I think DAZN had a little uh, series on this. Like who's the biggest matchup in women's boxing right now that the, you think the fans want to see? Well, certainly Katie Taylor, if you're looking at it from the European perspective, from England, from Ireland, and so on, anything with Katie Taylor, and, and frankly, in the United States, too, because what people want to see is Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Okay. We'll see. I mean, we've talked about that before. 
there's been all this yamina, yamina, yamina about how they're discussing putting this fight together. They've been having discussions for this fight for over two years. Now, Amanda Serrano is with Jake Paul's organization, and he's supposedly in the negotiating room with Eddie Hearn at Matchroom to put this together. We still haven't seen anything on a date or anything on what is going to happen with this fight. But that's certainly one huge one. And the other one is going to be Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. Now, we just talked. That That is going to be a fight. First of all, bad blood, right? Right. Clarissa Shields only loss in the amateurs in the run-up to the 2012 Olympics was against Savannah Marshall. Now, that was a long time ago. Both of these women have had excellent amateur careers, stupendous pro careers. Savannah Marshall just destroyed her last opponent a week ago. She's got punching power. I just don't see. I love Clarissa, but you know, if I if I've got a pick, I'm gonna go giving the edge to Marshall just because she hits really hard and you know, and we'll see if well, Clarissa yeah. can take it, you know. We'll see if Clarissa can take it. Listen, she got put on the deck already once, right? By Hannah Gabriels. Um, so she's had that experience of getting put on the deck. She jumped back up, you know, with a flash knockdown and went on to win that bout. But she has, you know, she's known for not winning by KO. Now, we'll see what happens in her second MMA outing this week. Um, You know, her first one went three rounds. She was losing on the cards the first two. She was getting destroyed. But somewhere in the middle of that second round, it started to kick in that, oh, I got to win. And Clarissa's desire to win overcomes a lot. And she got up and she completely destroyed her opponent and was able to come out with the win of her first bout. Now, what happens in this one is interesting. You know, her right. fighter is more of a stand-up fighter, her opponent. And, um, you know, what that's going to mean in terms of their uh, whether or not Clarissa uses other tools besides stripes will be interesting to Uh, get the win. Certainly when we watched her performance in that first fight um, in MMA, you could actually watch her ring IQ coming up round by round by round. It's like, okay, here she is. She's not a native fighter. She never did karate or or taekwondo or judo. She just always boxed. So this was not native to her to be grappling on the ground, but you can see her learning as she fought. So mm-hmm. now she's been back in the gym and we'll see whether or not she's able to apply some of that. Uh, the other thing, you know, she, she had a really interesting uh, ESPN show about her. Uh, the third episode in particular, really, she really showed a lot about her life and talked very openly about sexual abuse. She suffered as a very young child her own relationship, current relationship to her family and the fact that she is really the head of her family at this point and is taking care of her brother in the summer who's got uh, uh, mental health issues, looking after her mother who also, you know, has some difficulties coping. So there's a lot on this young woman's shoulders. It is why she held off having this fight in August and pushed it to now. So uh, we'll see just how focused she is in the ring or in the octagon or wherever the heck these things are called. It's the octagon. The octagon. <laughs> it's not a, technically not an octagon. Not, right. Because right. that's a, 
the the uh, UFC the cage uh, pirates trademark yeah. right so the she'll cage. be in the cage in the PFL cage uh, and you know and look it's interesting because as with Amanda Serrano another one of our top three female fighters out there she went into MMA because she said hey where's the scratch you know you're giving me all this promise and I don't see my million dollars and that's a woman who wants to see a million dollars. That's a million dollar threshold. She wants that million dollar payday. And she's and, been uh, on, Clarissa Shields has been on Showtime a number yeah. of times before, but she's not an Al Heyman fighter. So it yeah. kind of, that kind of dried up. You it know, did, and, you and know. Said now she's going to be on ESPN fighting in another sport, as in which you said she doesn't have. She certainly doesn't have any wrestling or grappling background, a couple of months training here and there. And she's on another network in another sport because a bigger network like Showtime, which shows boxing, also does show MMA, but it showed her for several of her fights, isn't putting her on. No, they're not. And, you know, her last, yeah, they're not putting her on anymore. You know, she was the queen of, uh, of their sort of nighttime their their junior level, if you will, on this on Showtime, and then that was the end of that. She she has re-signed with Dimitri Salida, um, and um, you know he's her manager. Yeah, Dimitri's a promoter. Is her oh, okay. promoter? Her manager is Mark Tappet. You know, and what they did now is sort of said, okay, well, let's go to uh, Sky Sports. And we'll get this Savannah Marshall thing done and we'll get some cash. Right. And she builds a European audience. I mean, because exactly she, her fan right. base here is not, you know, she needs to build a fan base. Right. And I'll, I'll just, a brand. I'll right. just add that from the TV angle, CBS's Showtime is not showing her, but Comcast, NBC, which now owns Sky, will be showing her. And she's on ESPN. So she's on these other big network conglomerates. And Showtime in the U.S. is where she'd have a biggest audience is passing it up. Yeah, they are passing it up. And, and they've been very disappointing. You know, I mean, that Stephen, I, I'm, I mean, I'm very glad Stephen Espinosa told you look out for 2022. But we've heard it all before from him. Right. You know, and yeah, he put on three fights with her. But um, that's about it. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, as you say, Eddie, you know, the relationship between Sky Sports and Comcast, whether they, if that's how they're going to um, put on the December 11th fight. For instance, you know, Savannah Marshall just fought on Sky Sports. The only way to watch it was on, um, I think it was Fight Night or one of those little streaming services. Fight, cost, fight TV. Yeah. Fight TV, that was it. And it cost $19.95. Now, I, I, I put it out there because I really wanted to see the bout. Um, but if they're going to do that, they can't do that for this fight. They have to really put it in. If they're going to have Clarissa Shields, even on this, on this December 11th card where they're both on the same card, they're going to have to do something a lot bigger than Fight TV because they've got to be able to build up the excitement and the interest across a lot of different markets in terms of boxing. And Clarissa Shields, you know, she's crossing over. I mean, she's, she's developing, you know, an MMA fan base somewhat. She's visible and she's really um, trying to make some very important statements about women in the sport, women in sports at all. 
sports equity, pay equity Absolutely. in particular. Right. So, and she's also out there representing as a black woman. And I think we've talked about this before. Right. She's not apologizing. You know, she's like, this is me. She I'm has complete. nothing to apologize for. Exactly. Okay. So this is me, I'm here. You take me or not. Right, exactly. And people are starting to say, right. And, you know, that ESPN package on her was really special. And it got a lot of play. And um, we'll see how, what happens out of all this. Right on. Um, You got any uh, background on, like, what's the Twitter chatter on uh, the Cali-Reese fight? That's going to be on not much, you know, it, not much has been said, you know, there's been a lot on uh, this coming uh, Saturdays that on the final 30th on, on Friday, because it was supposed to be the fight where Dillian White was main, had the main event against Otto Wallen. And what happened and with Dylan White? What, I mean, did he pop positive or something? <laughs> they say he had a shoulder. I think it was a shoulder injury. Oh, he faked a shoulder injury. Out. Now, yeah, the thing that, that what's what's ver- quite interesting about that is even if he really did have an injury that got too bad where he could fight, the announcement clearly said his fight with Ottavalin was canceled. Usually when one fighter has an injury, they say it's going to be postponed, postponed to a later date, even if they may not know the date now. They just flat out said canceled. And that leads to speculate. You know, a lot of people said, well, is this injury real or not? And I think you can really only speculate about that because even if it's real, it looks like for his next fight, he doesn't want to reschedule this one, but he might, since he's been the WBC, whatever interim, whatever the hell they call it, he's been the, the, the mandatory for the WBC champion for a few years now without getting a title fight. And Tyson Fury doesn't have a, 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 an opponent for early next year, presuming, assuming that he fights again. So a lot of speculation he's going to go instead of a smaller fight with Valin, who's not that well known and will be the underdog. He will go into the big money pay-per-view fight with Tyson Fury. Uh, we don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what a lot of the speculation is at this point. That so. makes a lot of sense. So meanwhile, now uh, that now that he's off the card, Chantel Cameron, Mary McGee's fight is now the main event. And that's where the Twitter talk's been like, British fans have not exactly been thrilled. Let's just put it kindly. <laughs> um, but, you know, some have been saying, hey, Cameron's really great. This is going to be a great fight. And it will be a great, it'll be a dog fight because Mary McGee is a dog. In the ring, she just fights and fights and fights. But yeah, they're having know. to offer refunds to fans who purchase tickets to see Dillian White fight, because, yeah, right. yeah. because he's by and most people have him as a top five or so heavyweight. He's considered a, in the UK a, a pay per view fighter, and now he he's out of the main event for again, whatever reason. So uh, some of it is you know there's some justification, but it's also Having a, a woman's fight headline the card, a lot of people don't like that, which is ridiculous. Actually, it could turn out to be a better fight. 
Yeah, in a lot of ways it could, you know. Um, and, you know, there is another female fight on the car, this uh, woman, Ellie Scottney, who's really quite good as fighting Eva Canto. So uh, there will be actually two fights, two female bouts contested on that card. Um, and it'll be, as I said, it'll be a really exciting fight. It's, it's, and where to say, you know, it's unfortunate that you don't get this can be a main event caliber kind of bout, but it is. Chantel Cameron is a really good boxer. She's got really excellent classic skills. Mary McGee is a dogfighter. She is just in and all over you in the ring. And it's going to make for a very interesting and exciting fight. Both of these women fight hard. They fight to UD, UD decisions often. Some, you know, they get their KOs, but they also often fight full 10 rounds. And when they do, it's flat out 10 rounds. So this is going to be a very, very exciting fight. All right. I'm looking forward to that fight. Yeah, I don't know in the U.S. how many people will be watching. It's going to be in the U.S. Uh, in the afternoon or in the afternoon. evening yeah. because it's That's it's my in favorite the time to watch. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be it'll right around five o'clock. But you know, also you know, Mary McGee is 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 represented by Brian Cohn, who has a lot of the women. You know, he's won he wins his what thirtieth title or something. <laughs> he's got women who. Uh, He's kind of under the radar as a manager. Uh, he's a real scrappy character. He and I have had a couple of run-ins because he didn't like what I wrote about somebody in an article once. But he really works hard on, on behalf of his fighters. And, um, you know, he's got Callie Reese and he's got Ebony, um, you know, the Ebony Hughes, the, mm -hmm. who's been fighting in England. She just recently lost, but she's a, a really scrappy fighter. So he has some some really interesting women that he has managed in the past and he's got some really good champions out there or almost champions, if you will, or people that will be contenders. So he's an interest, as I said, he's an interesting character. You know, he's basically working out of his house in Philly, not a big organization by any means. Um, and he ends up working the corners himself. So uh, it's really kind of the opposite of what like MTK Global will be giving right. Cameron. But, um, but don't underestimate the fact that he's got a lot of heart and a lot of desire to, to really represent these women as best he can. And, and now that he's got Callie Reese working with him a lot of the time, you know, she actually has been working Ebony's corner. Um, it, it, it's, it's an interesting sort of outlier that suddenly finds himself in the mainstream um, of women's boxing because his fighters are fighting on these cards. You know, right. He's managed to make a relationship with um, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom and DAZN to be able to get his fighters on their cards. So um, there will be certainly a bunch of Americans watching this fight, watching it because they love Mary McGee and they really feel her time is more than due to get into some decent money and to get into some decent exposure as a boxer. Because certainly in the United States, one of the hardest things is getting seen at all. It doesn't right. matter if you have belts. You're not getting seen except in some local market or on YouTube or on Facebook at fight time with really bad cameras and no commentary at all. It's, it's, this is big time. Yes. Well, we need more. Uh, I think we need more outlets that shows uh, 
like hybrid. It doesn't have to be all women's boxing, but maybe like just a women's sports network. You know? I also need women on the cards. You know, where are the female well, fighters it, on these it, cards? I think, I think a lot of times as the matchmakers, it is hard to make women's fights. You know, I do believe that. And if they're not cross-promoting, because this is what I hear some of the promoters saying, that right. these fighters get locked into certain things and they can't cross-promote. So, I mean, the boxing community, boxing industry professionals have to do a better job opening up well, avenues for women. Yeah, certainly, you know, PBC for one. <laughs> they forget what that women, and they only had one, their first female fight was actually Hardy and, uh, and, and Shalito Vincent um, shown streaming behind Errol Spence. <laughs> That was in 2016. Oh, it was please. actually the same day that uh, Clarissa Shields won her gold medal. Right. PPC doesn't really have any female fighters, right? None. None. Not right. That That's why of. Mayweather was like, go talk to Larry when I asked him about female fight. Yeah. And it, you know, he had, female fighter. he had Savannah Marshall and did nothing. He did nothing. Right. Because he, he doesn't like women fighting. That's why. No. He actually you could have you could shorten that sentence just saying he doesn't like women. Women, right? right. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that right. would help. But yeah, but yeah, he he had Savannah Marshall sign and did nothing for her career until she went back to England. So you know, she's doing what she needs to do to get get her money and get herself out there and get the fights she needs because she she's a good fighter. That's for sure. And as you say, she she's going to give Clarissa Shields a hard time. That's going to be a good fight. That's the, the main fight I want to see. Like, I want to see Katie Taylor because, you know, I'm a fan, but I think the most explosive fight is going to be this one with Marshall and uh, Yeah, certainly it, 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 it's it's right for all of the, the you can, it, it writes itself in terms of the pre-fight promotion and, you know, bad blood, stare downs, mm-hmm. all of that boxing hype we love. That'll all certainly right. be there. Serrano Taylor, you know, it's very suitable. All right. And the thing what? we also have to have to talk about a little bit is Clarissa Shields MMA fight that's coming up in, in PFL, which by the way, they're putting on the same night as game two of the World Series. So that's gonna, you know, really hurt the ratings on that. But this looks more like in some ways like a boxing, the way boxing does matchmaking because her opponent abigail montes is much younger uh less experienced in anything only has like a couple of mma fights herself and is smaller than clarissa shields and montes gave an interview recently saying she's gonna outbox clarissa shields in mma because her boxing for mma has holes in it if she's going to come out doing that, this could be a very short fight, like a lot of these MMA fights are, where people just stand, feet planted like they're in cement, squared up and just throw bombs at each other. She's going to be on the short end of it. But if she takes Clarissa Shields to the to the ground, this will be interesting again, too, because Montez won her last fight by ground and pound. And 
the, the first fight at Clarissa Shields fought Elkin was not that good at ground and pound or submissions. And if Montez is preparing for that more, Clarissa uh, could still win, but she's going to be fighting, what, a little bit over a, a month, like six weeks or something afterwards. She could get uh, cut or injured or something in this MMA fight if it goes you know, if it goes to the ground, it goes to any difference. So there are a number of dangers that are going on, but it looks like it's set up for Clarissa Shields to to really win in this fight with BFL. And I don't know if she's going to continue to fight in MMA afterwards or how much MMA. I think that really depends on what opportunity she gets in boxing. And if they do make the, the fight with Savannah Marshall uh, next year, and it's on Sky in the UK. They got to find an American television uh, broadcast partner. And I just think it's unlikely it's going to be on the zone in the United States. It's possible, but I just think it's unlikely since they're such rivals now with Sky. And I don't know who else, I really don't know who else there is because Comcast NBC, they're closing down. NBC Sports Network at the end of the year. They're not really showing boxing anywhere on any of the Comcast NBC uh, networks. And ESPN, again, is sort of, they possibly could pick it up. Somebody could pick it up. I don't know. I don't know at this point where it's going to end up. So she's going to, she's going to need that to get, get the audience over here, but she may have to be going on the road a lot more. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think Showtime has shown too many of the, I don't know what their relationship is with, with Sky these days. It's a lot different than it used to be where they used to show a lot of the fights from the UK, but now since Showtime is CBS and Sky is Comcast NBC, you get into all those ridiculous politics. And, but, you know, she'll continue her career where she needs to go. We'll see what happens. She may become big, bigger internationally. Right. And if she has to do that, fine. That's that the correct road for her. She, Clarissa's young. She's like about 26 or something. So she has a, a long way ahead of her. We'll see what happens. Eventually, one of these American networks, assuming they still show boxing because PBC's record on on Fox and Showtime is not exactly uh, ratings busters. Somebody's going to have to pick her up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and we'll see whether, you know, Sky makes a deal with Top Rank to show it through them on ESPN. I know, you know, I was in an e a Twitter sort of uh, back and forth with Mark Taffet, Clarissa Shields' manager, who assured me that, yeah, it's going to definitely be shown in the U.S., uh, I can't imagine he was referring to fight TV. Let's put it that way. It's got to be something more major. That's a real boxing channel. So we'll see uh, what happens as it gets a little closer and maybe we can dig around and try to see if we're getting any, any answers. I do know that if, if they're in the U S you cannot get a sky sports account for the U S. Um, Cause I tried last week when I was trying to get to see Savannah Marshall's bout. So, um, you know, they're going to have to do, do is use a VPN. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I thought about that. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, just people will end case. up just streaming it on one of these pirate sites. This is what they they really shoot themselves in the foot. The harder they make it to see these fights, the more people will be forced to turn to these pirate sites where they make absolutely nothing out of it. And once people get used to using these these pirate sites, they use it more and more and say, why should I pay for any of this stuff? Well, yeah, exactly right. And and again, you know, you can't really imagine that you're, you're trying to market the Shields Marshall, um, you know, uh, as a game war. So, you know, it's this real grudge fight, the grudge match for all these years ago, Professor Shields only lost. You cannot possibly market that and get the kind of money you're going to want to get because you're going to have to pay these women some real cash here for this bout. Can't get that through pirated TV or fight TV on some, you know, little cheesy, um, you know, streaming service. It's not going to work. So there's got to be something going on. I'm not sure who else would be on that card, whether they're going to build it out with other stuff. I haven't really seen that much about the card. Um, But it's something that, I agree. You know, if, if women's boxing is to grow, this problem has to be resolved. And there's no reason why it shouldn't, because in my mind, it saves boxing in a lot of ways. These fighters are great and it, it brings in new audiences and new opportunities and not to put money and time and promotion into these fights is very, very, very foolish to the sport as a whole in my opinion. And what's what's interesting is up till five, six, seven years ago, there, there was very little women's boxing on American TV. There was some, but there was uh, none in MMA. And UFC said they weren't going to show women's fights. And this is maybe like eight or 10 years ago. And when they got Ronda Rousey, they they promoted her and that joined drew in a lot of money for them. And now they regularly have women's fights and they used to be behind boxing in terms of showing women's fights. Now they're ahead of boxing and showing women's fights. And that's true for other MMA promotions, Bellator, one championship, PFL, you know, and, and some of the others. So they've, they've totally fallen behind in this and the American networks are just, you know, so backwards and stodgy in this it's 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 absolutely utterly preposterous what what they're doing and they, the, it's part of the general decline of boxing too it's the same stuff over and over and over again and i, yeah, I, I yeah. yeah i just don't see a great future for boxing on american networks you know, Eddie, when you were talking about that, it was really Strike Force, which was on Showtime, that yeah. started to get women on there. You know, yet yeah, Ronda Rousey was Strike Force, and she was great on there. And they brought in fans because those fights were really great. They brought in fans. I mean, they brought me in as an MMA fan. Chris Cyborg my, I, and G- Gina Carano, exactly. fights like that. It was. Yeah, they were great fights, and 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 the demise of Strike Force is, uh, you know, sad in a way. Um, but it certainly, you know, Showtime in particular is really short-sighted in their view of women's boxing. If they forget, you know, what a Misha Tate fight was like on Strike Force, they were exciting, and the fact that they're not 
promoting and not bringing women into into their shows just shows how short-sighted they really are in terms of even their dedication to the sport or frankly understanding of what the sport is and what the what they can get from the fans and what's happening in sports culture in general that there's just been a tremendous growth in women's sports of all types that are going on i was just reading that the the wnba ratings were way up this year where a lot of other sports ratings were steady or down, or maybe they were up over the 2020 pandemic short year, but they didn't catch up to 2019. WNBA was soaring and uh, women's football in Europe is really growing. You're getting big TV and streaming deals and all that. Football is in soccer. Yes. Football is in soccer. But that is football, you know, the there's rest a of lot the of different codes of football, but that's what most of the world knows. This again, where America lags behind by calling it another name, but still you have this growth all over the place. And what are they doing? They're just, it's like stuck in the 1950s or something. Father knows best or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we have the American Taliban trying to control what we see and hear and say and do. So, you know, we got to keep pressing. Got to yeah. keep pressing. All right, Eddie, what else you got over there? Anything else you want to cover today? Yeah, I, I just I wanted to mention some of the stuff. We talked a little bit about Dillian White, but I think there was an, an interesting story floating around that Anthony Joshua has been on this tour of the United States, visiting all these top flight trainers and trying to get advice what happened. And it's unclear if he's looking to replace Rob McCracken or add somebody to his team or whatever. But some of the most interesting comments came from Ronnie Shields, where in an interview, Ronnie Shield said that the first day that Joshua was there, they just talked. And he's quoted as saying, he said, listen, I know people don't think that I'm a dog. I'm just a pure boxer. Look, I'm going to be a dog in this next fight. And then he said, I'm going to be a dog in this fight. I just need you to show me how to be the best dog that you can teach me to be. Now, this is a guy who is an Olympic gold medalist who was undefeated and won all these belts in whatever it was, his first 20-something fights, who's now lost two of his last four fights, who was completely flustered in terms of how to fight the smaller Usyk, who's a great boxer, and he tried to box with the boxer instead of fighting with him. And Shields also said there was just a lot of things that, Joshua was never taught to do. And I think this is what happens when you focus so much all these years training with an amateur trainer. Remember for this training camp, some of it was, uh, McCracken wasn't there for some of it because that co- the early part of it coincided with the Olympics. And he was there with the, the Great Britain boxing team in Tokyo. And so he, he had other trainers early in, earlier in his camp. 
and you need, you, you know, we discuss this a lot. So we're going to see what Anthony Joshua does and what he actually can do. He has to go, he has to be hungry. And is he really hungry? This is, a, to me, it's a good sign that he's visiting all these trainers like Eddie Reynoso and Robert Garcia and I think one or two others. But we're going to see what he actually does if if they get this rematch together early next year with Usyk. But he's going to have to do something different. We'll, we'll see. Because he's, he's too young. What he's could he possibly do different? I mean, what could he possibly do different? Mix it up. Lead with the jab, walk down Usyk, cut off the ring. All the things we talked about come out fighting. Usyk was the one that came out fighting from the first bell in the first few seconds of that fight. He has to be first. But this is basic boxing 101 stuff. And some people have said he's afraid of getting hit on the chin since the Andy Ruiz fight. Right. And th- this is boxing. You could get, you could still get hit on the chin, particularly early in the fight. I think it's going to be unlikely that Usyk knocks him out early in the, in the fight. But you know, anything, anything can happen. Usyk is a full-fledged heavyweight now, although Joshua is much bigger than him. And can Joshua change it at this point? Right. Has he gotten too soft? He gets a million and one endorsements. He's a celebrity in the UK. He's a celebrity in Nigeria, where there are constant gossip reports of uh, female celebrities saying they want to marry him and all this kind of stuff. And is this, it, does he really have this hunger anymore to be a fighter? Or does he just want to close out his career the next couple of years and you know not be viewed as a top-level fighter? That's, that's really up to him what he wants to do. You know, if he decides that he's done with it, I can't blame any fighter from, uh, from walking away from this, from this so-called sport and business and counting all your millions and investing in them and doing, doing whatever. I mean, we saw Andre Ward did that. Uh, Lennox Lewis did that, although he was a little later in his career. A lot of people did that. Leila Ali did that. They said enough is enough. There were always more fights that they all, all of them could have had. And they said, that's it. We're going to move on to something else. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what Joshua wants to do, but I don't think that he wants this to be his, his legacy because Leila Ali and Andre Ward retired undefeated. Lennox Lewis retired as a champion. He had lost his belts to Rockman and he came back of course and won them. And, after a much more difficult fight with Vitaly Klitschko, he retired shortly after that, a couple of months after that fight. But he was done. And so he's an announcer, and Andre Ward's an announcer, and Leila Ali has moved on out of boxing to all sorts of other things. We'll see what, we'll see what, where Joshua's head is at at this point. It's an interesting story. But I always felt in the beginning he had the potential to become, and I always emphasize potential, to become just about as popular as Muhammad Ali was, an international superstar. And that hasn't really materialized. So we're going to have to look for an Anthony Joshua 2.0 or 3.0, whatever you, you want to call it. Can, 
does he want to do that? And can he do that? We'll, we'll see what he does. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Anthony Joshua that came out in the second U.S. fight is the fighter that can then make adjustments. He made adjustments to do that fight. And if he takes that track in terms of the adjustments he makes, and he's shown that he can make adjustments, he dropped some of his muscle weight. He's still so muscle-bound, you know. Um, he's stiff in the ring. But if he gets that kind of looseness and flexibility, maybe there is a chance. But it's also, where is his head? Does he really believe in himself and believe that he has the capacity to make to that happen? To be a dog, right. To be a dog and, or, and, and to be loose enough and flexible enough to go with what he needs to go with. He was so unprogrammed into this channel that he, he, didn't, he wasn't even seeing what he was seeing. You know, he just didn't know what to do. And that, some of that, I think, is just, he had lost the capacity to even see who he was fighting. And I'm not sure what, why that is and what caused that. And maybe at the end of the day, he really doesn't have a natural IQ for the game, uh -huh. um, which is, you know, something that great fight fighters have, that ability to just suddenly something clicks in the ring and then you just go into another place and he did not have that kind of jazz improvisational flair in his fight with Usyk at all and that's what he needs to do in a second in a second fight he needs to be a master trumpeter a master boxer who can go in there and improvise and he just doesn't seem to me to have that tool set right now and if he does have it he needs to unlock his mind to access that tool kit so that he's able to to carry that on. Otherwise, there is no way he will win a second fight. Yeah, because if you can't make adjustments through 12 rounds, you went 12 rounds doing the same shit. So I hope he can make a change. I hope he does change his trainer. I hope he does dig deep. I hope he finds a sports psychologist he can work with because it is a lot of that is mental. You could see like that, just that whole defeatist attitude comes you know in the like you can see that body language in him so um i hope he gets it together because you know i agree with eddie he had the potential or he may still have the potential to be yeah. as a superstar like uh, ali yeah and if he were to come back he would get there yeah. but again yeah i agree with both of you he's got to have it in his head he's got to game got to get it together. it's all a mental game and right. and you have to want it you have to be hungry and you're right, Eddie, you know, maybe just being on the receiving end of all those gossip columns and, you know, being in the sun every other day with the mirror, or all those other British papers, with, you know, whoever's arm candy he's got is just too much. Um, and you got to get back to the basics and get into a real camp where you're out, you're doing nothing but fighting. Yeah, I agree. All right, my beautiful people. I think that's about all we have for you guys today. Uh, Eddie, you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, the main discussion on social media is on Twitter at NHB News, my site, eddiegoldman.com, and my Patreon page where the latest article I talked about the the idiocy of the, again, of the return of the pay-per-view model about how that's comparable to the return of bed bugs and cockroaches. <laughs> and that's 
Patreon. Oh, I missed that article. I'm <laughs> Yeah, it just came up a couple of days ago. Patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. And we'll, we'll see where this all goes. So, and, and also go to my Red Bubble page and get some No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman t shirts and stuff like that, especially uh, with the holidays coming up. Buy a bunch of them and give them gifts to people. There you go. All right, cool. Melissa, tell the folks where they can find you. Hi, uh, on social media, I am at Girl Boxing Now. That's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my website is girlboxing.org. I also have a War Sports page. So if you, you, you miss it on YouTube and you miss it at warsports.com, you can always find it at girlboxing.org. And uh, I'm just, you know, ho- hope to hear from y'all and, and look forward to continued discussions on this great sport. That's right. We're talking sports justice radio here, people. And I am your fight goddess. You can follow me on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio and on IG at La Fight Goddess, L-A Fight Goddess. Guys, check us out at War Sports. That's war with a double A, W-A-A-R, at sports.com. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com. The home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot Com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag, the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop, advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y.com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content, that's at Patreon.com, slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent, no-holds-barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even mini-skirts at the new No-Holds-Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman. No holds barred.
Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. For No Holds Barred, this has been Eddie Goldman.